Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. Jessica. Yes, Jacob. How many times have you been to Italy? Once. No, you've been more than once. Oh, I've only been to Italy once. Well, guess what, Jessica? We're what? going there again. Woohoo! I mean, and I never went to Turin, so this is very exciting. Ah, <laughs> uh, even better, even better. I had to look it up. What? So, what did you? What did you find out about Turin? Well, first of all, we should talk about the show. I want to talk about Turin. Turin. Okay. <laughs> well, so Turin is known as the Paris of Italy. Oh. It is the capital city of Piedmont, in or Piedmont. Or sure, we say I, Piedmont because you know what we're, from we're Americans because we're, we're Americans. Americans. Yeah, so Piedmont is in northern Italy. It's known for that is Turin is known for its refined and varied architecture, Ooh. lots of it, and its cuisine. Apparently, it is not on the boot of Italy it, or the peninsula I mean it is near the Alps oh, and okay. yeah so stately baroque and art nouveau buildings old cafes like really old cafes line the boulevards and grand squares and the, there are very famous many famous grand squares there's a tower that I'm going to mention called the Mole Antonelliana Okay, yeah, sure. Antonelliana, which is a 19th century tower housing the interactive National Cinema Museum, which is, you can see it being built in this show when they do oh, those Oh, is that the, is that the thing? The, yeah, okay. in the background that's being built. Yeah, um, that's very funny. It's known as a very industrial city, known for its automotive and aerospace industry, Fiat is located there. It's the headquarters. Lancia and Alfa Romero are both, mm. are all three of those are there. I, just, I do want to cut in and say it's not Alfa Romero, which is a zo- which would be a zombie, be a zombie car. car. Right, yeah, no, it's Alfa Romeo, <laughs> like the lover. Alfa Romeo, I'm sorry, yes. Alfa Romeo. Although I love yes, it. Exactly. There, w- there was a movie where cars were driven, their fuel source was human blood. So those what? may have been Alfa Romero's. Oh, yeah, it was, there was what? like a... Yeah. Are, you're making this up. No, no. This was a movie. I This, this wasn't Comedy Central. This was like sci-fi. Had like a, it was like Blood Drive or something like that was the name of it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So uh, they have had an Olympics there. They've hosted the World Cup. And last year, they had the honor of hosting Eurovision Song Contest nice. 2022. Because nice. It's always hosted in the city where the winner or the country where the winners are, the previous year's winners are right. from. And Manskeen had won in 2021 the return after. Oh, were they the were they the ones who were like also then like immediately like 
censored because they were like shown snorting cocaine yes everyone was like (laughs) you were snorting cocaine on television you know and it was so hard not to see because in 2021 they had a very small arena not as many people you know because this is pandemic it's pandemic and the camera goes by and the guy is literally like right over the table and (laughs) he's like that's not what's happening i love that one of the classical cities of like europeans and we, we we have now turned it into the city of zombie cars and cocaine rock stars. There you go. <laughs> well, I they were not. I don't think Manskeen is from Turin. But still, I, that's what that's, it, that's what that's that what was we just got. happened to be the city where they hosted <laughs> it the next year. But and, yes, you're and right. clue done at lore. It is now zombie cities snorting cocaine as they yeah. go. <laughs> but but well, one us, other thing. One other thing I please, have to say. Yes. This is why we want to go. You know, because, you know, my dream is that we do a tour of sure. all the cities where these you know, these murder the mysteries podcast. are oh. held. <laughs> and so, fantastic. you know, we end up going all over Oxfordshire and <laughs> going like, oh, that's where they filmed that. But then we also go to Italy and Provence. Provence. Yes, exactly. OK, so. Turin is well known for its chocolate production, especially for its traditional ingot-shaped chocolate called the Gian Giotto, named after Gian Duja, a local Commedia dell'arte mask. So it's, I'll put a picture, I'll give you a picture so you can see what that shape is, because I would not know that off the top of my head. Anyway, the city is also known for a traditional hot chocolate drink made of espresso drinking chocolate and whole milk served layered in a small rounded glass and they also have a chocolate festival a two-week chocolate festival that is run with the main piedmontese chocolate producers it has a name that i'm not going to try to pronounce because i'm (laughs) i'm totally going to get it wrong and also international companies attend and do that and then they also are famous for a snack food now popular called the, I'm going to get this wrong too, Tremezini, which are sandwiches uh-huh. served at a historic cafe in downtown Turin called Cafe Molasiano, which again, famous cafe. And they were devised in 1925 as an alternative to English tea sandwiches. And I have to say, I looked at the pictures and I was like, that's not an alternative. That's just an English tea sandwich with an Italian name. Well, okay. (laughs) I'm just going to jump in here for a second. One, I have two things to say about all this. I have more than two things to say about all this. First of all, I think we need to give you a point for even just attempting all of those Italian pronunciations. (laughs) I'm I'm like, oh, that's on the record. Yeah, you deserve a point for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So whoever's keeping track, give her a point. The second thing is, it sounds like, what I heard from all that is that it sounds like, is Turin claiming, even in a kind of sideways way, that they invented the mocha? <gasps> Drinking chocolate, espresso, and milk. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah. Is, like, was it, it served invented? in a special cup, though. I oh, think that's the okay. thing. So um, it's a special cup. Yeah. And they I really th- like the special, they really like the like giving it the little turn and twist on things for this. Like, yeah. so, okay, they serve it in a special cup. And I do have one thing to say that I'm not sure that comes across in the pictures as well. And, okay. and it's about the, it's about the tea sandwiches. Oh, and okay. If you know, like, I, you know, I, I claim a little bit of Italian heritage. Oh, and okay. So what I'll say on this is that like Italian bread, any kind of Italian bread is 
worlds different than any kind of English bread. So okay. what you get in a tea sandwich is like you may it may not look different, but that's using some good Italian bread right there, which immediately makes it a different sandwich than just an English white bread tea <laughs> sandwich. Don't get me wrong. I still love me a good English tea. I love me a good Italian tea. But I do think that the bread is different. It, it can't not be. Okay. In the Italian okay. Alps, the bread's different. It's just different. He said, okay. not knowing okay. anything about anything. <laughs> okay. Well, the drink is known as the Bicerin, B-I-C-E-R-I-N. Okay. I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. And I'm wondering You already if... got your point. Stop apologizing. I'm well, not going to give okay. you another okay. point. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I am literally, I, I'm going to look up to where we can find one because that sounds like an amazing drink. But I feel, I feel we have, I feel like we have put it off long enough. <laughs> Why are we going to turn this week? It's because Netflix <laughs> got us. Netflix served us up this advertisement and we were like, that looks interesting. That looks, fun. should we watch that? Let's watch that. So yeah. we did. What's the It was the definitely one of those you may also like. Yes. <laughs> and I said, I think I would. <laughs> that sounds right. Good job, algorithm. <laughs> so the show is called The Law According to Lydia Poet. So it this is a gripping period drama. Lydia Poet investigates murders while fighting to practice law, inspired by the true story of Italy's first female lawyer. This is, takes place in 1883. A, it's gorgeous. It's just oh, a gorgeous show. Oh, my gosh. B, we were like, yes. we'll try it out. We'll see what happens. So we threw on the pilot. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that this show out-Americaned American TV Within a minute and 40 <laughs> seconds, a minute and 40 seconds, we had a sex scene, the title sequence, and a murder. Bang, zoom, done. I was like, okay, well, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, come on. What else What else, What else? else could you possibly want to get you involved in a show? You had a steamy sex scene, mystery. It's like, done. Oh, they yes, they were, were showing us backstage at a ballet, too. Yes. Oh, front of house and backstage. So it was gorgeous. All these people in gorgeous costumes and running around getting ready for the show which is you know great energy for a pilot too yes. i how smart was that of them but yeah it was it's really exciting and oh my gosh the characters in this i am always reminded when i watch these shows i don't know why i have to be reminded how the italians have of course been doing theater for freaking years and they know how to balance drama and comedy mm -hmm. so well and they can, it's, oh, it's so much. This show is, it's just got so much sass. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it is. It's a sassy, sassy show. It's, but so, yes, it follows Lydia Poet. I didn't realize was a real person. I, I watched it. And even though it says, like, based on a true story, like, that just completely went over my head. But, yes, but she was, she was, and I'm totally taking this. I'm sorry. I'm stealing your trivia thunder here for a second because you told me this. I know That's you fine. did. But she, Lydia Poet was the first female lawyer in Italy. She did get her license in 1863. And then like... 1883. Sorry, you're right. 1883. Thank you. 1883. But then it was taken away from her and she didn't get her license back until she was 63. Yeah. Yeah. That's or 65. Bonkers. At any rate, she was At in her rate. 60s. Oh, she was her 60s. And, and there are photographs of her. That's how long it was before she got her her the right to 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 do law like legally and this happened to her in 1883 that she was that she 
passed the bar exam and became a lawyer. She was working under somebody at, at a firm. I mean, she was a lawyer at the firm. And then she was trying a case and the attorney general got a bee in his bonnet, I guess, and decided to call a vote against her, against all women, you know, practicing law. And she was disbarred, basically, and she wanted to appeal. And when she was 65 years old, many years later, so many years later, there was a photography. There are pictures of her. Um, she finally got the right to join the workplace again and was given her her registration for the bar again. And, I, I, you know, whether it's dramatized on the show to an extent, but her, she did work for her brother as an assistant in the meantime while she was waiting mm. to get her, her registration to the bar back. And in the show, she also works for her brother. In the show, again, I don't know how much this is dramatized, but she kind of has to beg him and he is a real jerk about it he's he and his wife so she also it becomes penniless well she's already kind of on the edge there cuz yeah. she's in the charging show we're talking in the show men. right yeah in yeah in the show yeah in the show the, she has to move out of her her rooming house and she's nowhere else to go so she goes and lives with, with her brother and his her brother's wife her sister-in-law and their daughter, mm -hmm. as well as her sister-in-law's brother. So there's a whole bunch of family bunch living of family in, this, in house. this house. And he yeah. is a rapscallion. He is kind of, he's a bit of a scoundrel journalist. brother-in-law, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a journalist. And I love it when they went to go to his workplace, by the way. I'm so accustomed to American movies that show newspapers and, you know, people with their sleeves rolled up and mm -hmm. people rushing around shuffling paper and, you know, typing things, which, of course, I don't. No, there were some. The they're, they're definitely typing this one because I'm here to tell you the great thing, like the the really amazing thing about this period in technology history is that yes, there were typewriters, but there were so many different typewriters. Like there was not one uniform design for typewriters. Now there was like a bajillion different ways that typewriters worked and the form factor was changing. It was like, it was like all the differences you've seen in like cell phones over the past 10 or 15 years, all of this was happening with typewriters. So like, and they're showing all of these different classical antique typewriters in this show. I've spotted at least three different ones. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh my it's gosh. astonishing and I love it. Oh. Oh, wow. That is fantastic. I, I will keep an eye out for it. Well, what I liked about this scene, because again, I'm accustomed to this sort of real like journalist, you know, hunkering down and We're you speaking know, the truth, smoking and drinking at the table and arguing oh, there's plenty about of philosophy. Drinking in this place. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he is standing there with another person and they've got these beautiful silk vests and jackets and they, they just look like they're about to they're you know, very cleanly sing pressed, like the shirts on are the very barricade pressed. or something. <laughs> oh, they look so pressed, lovely ties. And they're just standing there with like, you know, showing their calves, I feel like, you know, like Bo Brummel style, like, you know, hello, hello, good to see you. Will you give me a story? And, you know, and he's if you very don't give me a story, I'll write well. something. Oh, he's very loose. That's a good word for what he is. He's very loose in this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she comes... She comes, he, he writes a story about her without her permission, apparently. And she storms in to, to back into the house to see him. And he is 
do you call it, what is what do you call it the restroom the the, the, uh, the bathroom is what the it bath. is she's in because a, there's literally a bath, a bath he, with another lady and they're both totally nude and she's like i'm, I'm not looking Italian. at yeah she's like i'm not looking at that but i'm going i'm going to stand here and try to rip you a new one and he's like you don't know me and she's like you don't know me either anyway it was so it was yeah. a fun little scene it was a fun little scene we did she go on yeah. No, I was going to say we didn't really get male nudity there, but there there was significant skin. There was definitely significant skin. Yes. And I, I will say that like you talked about the men being well-dressed. Everybody in this series is well-dressed. Like, oh, like sure. Miss Scarlet and the Duke, she had like one dress the whole season, which I get it. She's supposed to be poor. I'm, I get that. There are no such illusions. They're not even pretending <laughs> in this one. She changes dresses like two or three times a day sometimes. It's just bam, yeah. new outfit, new outfit, new outfit. And they're all gorgeous. Yeah. And I think you were... I, we did not count them, but <laughs> we were sitting there in less than five minutes. She was you wearing like, three new different dress, brooches. New dress, new dress, new dress. <laughs> new dress. And like each of them had this like everybody, like the necks in this show. This is going to sound really weird, but stick with me. The necks in this show on both genders are amazing. The men and their collars and the ties they have around the collars and the pins they have in their collars are amazing. And then the women's necklines on these dresses that come up and like the different brooches. Brooches, 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 I say brooches, brooch. great brooches, the different brooches that they're wearing and scarves, like everything changes and the pins in their hair. Like, like not only was I counting the dresses in that five minutes, but like, her, like her brooches changed every time too. And the pins in her hair changed every time too. And it was just like, yeah. this is just like, like, like Netflix is just like spending the money on this show. Like the, yes. Itali- the Italians and Netflix got together and they're like, no, we want to make. A beautiful show. And like, great. Here's all the money. Do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it has been compared to Enola Holmes in is somewhat in style and, and feminism and okay. the investigative type of thing and breaking, being under the shadow of a, of a man. Mm. Um, but then Bridgerton in particular for yes. its use of anachronistic music, which is very like pounding and, mm-hmm. you know, popular. Lots of, lots of Italian rock music in this. Yeah. And then the, the, again, the beautiful costumes, the rocking music, and then some of the sassy talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this quote to me, by the way, encapsulates the vision of reality for this show, which is her sister-in-law says this to her after she's sitting at the table asking her brother to please let her work for him and to continue to work this case that she has, that she has been disbarred from following, but she wants to keep up with it and help this guy. The sister-in-law says, if God wanted you to be a lawyer, he would not have made you a woman. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm sure that. And it was interesting the way that they did it, too, because it you didn't see her say it. It was over like a transition into another, you know, like nighttime. Mm. Her in the her in her bedroom with the non-working chimney and no heat. And she's like having a drink and. Yeah. feeling peevish cognac but... cognac is big in this yes, series everybody drinks a lot yeah and I, anyway i think that was it is supposed it is meant to be the vision of reality but it, also yeah. that not just men are trying to keep her down like all of society men women younger yes, people everyone's like we 
are not progressive, actually. We would yeah. like you to please, you know, stay in your box. Stay in your place, please and thank you. Yeah. Yes. So do we have a bingo card for this? I'm not sure we can have a bingo card. It's just so new. Well, I mean, this other is than interesting. Like... Oh, please. There is a, a listing on IMDb, and this is going to throw everybody's card off, honestly. <laughs> okay. Because it is called Crime Drama Biography. Ooh, yes, of course. Biography. biography Who has there. biography? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not even cozy, but I would say it's cozy. <laughs> oh, so, I don't think this is cozy. I mean, this is wrapped up. Like you were saying that, like there apparently there is an Italian critic who hates the fact that every mystery gets solved every episode. And I'm like, what? What? Like that's oh, right. <laughs> that's that's the function of a procedural. You like you solve the case every week, but like I don't like I'll give it procedural. I don't know that I'd give it cozy. This is a little too rock and roll to be cozy. Oh a yeah, too, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is not like she's not she's not content to be a baker. This is what it like she's not content to be a baker. She's not content to be a homemaker. She's like I need to be out there, you know, mixing it up with the men in the world. Yeah. So So yeah, I yeah. wouldn't give this cozy. Yeah. Sexy. Actually, I'll give this sexy. Yeah. It is. I I actually speaking of sexy and the music I would make comparisons with Harlots, um, mm. the British show, 100%. which, you know, had this, you know, very bold title sequence. And then also, yeah, and then the rocking, pounding music and mm-hmm. the, also the the fighting against the, the power and yeah. fighting against the man kind of concept. So we're going to mix things up a little bit here because i have yeah. netflix up in front of me so i'm going to give the logline this this Please. week the yeah. logline is much to enrico's chagrin enrico is lydia's older brother much to enrico's chagrin lydia agrees to defend an anarchist accused of murder but the scandal goes deeper than she expected and lands her in trouble which i think the only real piece of new information we get in that is anarchist <laughs> like yeah. like every everything else Enrico's chagrin with her yeah that's that's of course going to happen there Lydia is agreeing to defend somebody yeah 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 of course the scandal goes deeper well of course it does if it didn't then we wouldn't have a show now would we so i think the only the only real piece of information we actually get in that is yes anarchist I think that's every procedural show. That's what I'm saying. Every it's, like, that's like this, why that this reviewer, week it's an anarchist. Yeah, that's why that reviewer was so peevish. They're like, well, we always know what's going to happen. Yeah, she's going to figure it out. And <laughs> she's <laughs> going to figure out the case. Solve that's the case. That's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else we need to go over or should we just start watching this thing? Because this, this is going to be a really brief <laughs> opening segment, I, I think, when we watch this show. Oh, if yeah, If the first one sure. is anything to go off of, there's going to be like a, a body and a title sequence. Like, we'll be back here in 30 seconds, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that the lead character, Lydia, is played by the actress Matilda de Angelis. And Matilda is obviously an Italian actress and mm-hmm. singer. And her credits include a bunch of stuff lately, Italian Race, Rose Island, and also The Undoing, which was a Nicole oh. Kidman, Hugh Grant, Lily Rabe, Donald Sutherland drama on HBO. It was a, oh, a short series yeah, with yeah, David yeah. E. Kelly um, directing it. Or no, no, he did not direct it. He wrote it, and Samantha Beer directed it. Mm-hmm. And, and 
she is on what she is like the second lead on a CW show called Leonardo. What? Starring, and I'm going to get this right this time. <laughs> it is starring Aiden Turner as Leonardo da Vinci. Leah, <laughs> Aiden Turner is the sexy dwarf there you in go. The Hobbit. <laughs> also in Poldark. Yes. Good job. <laughs> well done. Yes, thank you very much. I got it right. Yes. Yeah. The, the concentration and focus on your face on that was evident, but good job. Well done. Let's see if you can get that, keep that A game going on for our guests here in a minute. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with some guessing. See you soon. While watching a TV murder mystery, do your pets get annoyed by your guessing who done it during the show? Do they celebrate when you totally got it almost right? Should someone recognize you for your occasional spot-on guesses? Well, then you need a Clue Done It private investigator license. Our license grants you all rights and responsibilities of a TV crime investigator, including pausing and rewinding to get a second look at the clue, giving citations to guest stars for hamming it up, and of course, making wild guesses at TV mysteries with us in your very own home, office, or car. To get your license, go to cluedoneitpodcast.com and click Become a PI. Give any amount and this special license will be yours. Best of all, we'll recognize you on the podcast. That's cluedoneitpodcast.com and click Become a PI to make your wild guesses official wild guesses. Clue Done It PI license is totally fake. The podcast adjudication board based in the mountain in Squamish, Canada is totally fake also. This license does not specifically prevent your pets from lodging complaints about your accusations or your friends from expressing concern over your hasty murder boards. Okay. That was great. I forget exactly what I said for how uh, how many <laughs> how many seconds this would take. But what I will say is, is that I... Uh, I was not far off, whatever it was, because we got exactly one minute and 15 seconds of a show before they completely just like went to title sequence. And we had a chase and a body and a title sequence. One minute, 15. You're in. I'm loving it. I don't know that we know anything. I mean, there was. Yeah, I don't know that we know any. What do we know, Jessica? What do we know? What could we We possibly guess on with this? Anarchist? Anarchist. <laughs> From, you know, the log line, which sure, you read this time. You're so, right, so you have that clue for you. We are pretty sure that the person driving the carriage, that the carabiners. Right. Carabini. Carabini. Carabinieri. Carabinieri. So do I get a point, too, for messing up this pronunciation? Go for it. <laughs> no, the Carabinieri, <laughs> which is uh, which is their police force. It's nighttime. There was this carriage racing along a river in the middle of the night. Of What looked like to be a woman, a very distressed woman, was driving the carriage. But dressed as a man. Really? I'm I thought she sure. was still dressed as a woman. I think she was dressed as a man. Okay. Indeterminate dressing. Yes. The, and like the two carabinieris on horses were galloping alongside her, boarded her carriage, pulled it to a stop. She didn't want to stop. She just kept saying, let me go. Let let us get out of here. Let us go. And they're like, stop, pull over. So they pulled her over. They opened up the door to the carriage. And this is like, this is 1883. So this is still like a Wells Fargo, like stagecoach kind of thing yeah. like a carriage with doors and drapery and everything like that anyways they they open the door to the carriage and the head of a woman and her arm kind of like flop Flops out, out. Yeah, and she flop. is dead and she's she's yeah. like she's got dirt and blood all over her 
yeah. all over her face. And she's wearing a white shirt that has like lace overlay, like a lace kind of, I, what's that? It's not an overlay. There's lace? Kind of, yeah, yeah, there was, there's okay, definitely trim. some lace patterns and trim along like the buttons and everything else on it. So oh, okay. kind of well to do, it looks like or feels like. But or or not. I mean, this is such mm-hmm. a fashionable show. Maybe they're like even the peasants in Italy wore amazing clothing in 1883. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Although it's a stagecoach and like right, who yeah, can it afford is a co- that. You're right. This is not a this is not a cheap thing. This is not a farmer's cart or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah so those are that's, that's all what we, we got. know. We got a minute and 15 seconds of a chase and then a body. And there were some birds. I th- oh, there was definitely birds and like horses neighing. Like good. Good sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and the horse was white. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. we know from, you know, this woman w- driving the stagecoach is, or I think it's a woman dressed I do too. as a man. I think she's the anarchist who's going to be accused of having killed the lady inside the stagecoach. I think that tracks, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think... This, my guess is going to be that, of course, this woman who is driving the stagecoach did not do it. Right. Of course. Absolutely. Um, I am going to guess that they were anarchists for, are they just general? Like, okay, so here's, and I couldn't, so the politics at this time in Italy, like kind of the rest of Europe, are just whiplash. You a know, little bonkers, yes. So bonkers, changing weird, back and forth. Weird nationalism mixing with weird kind of anarchy mixing with like communism wasn't quite there. But and then the there's same the monarchists like, who are yep. sort of like mm-hmm. half and half. We have anarchists in the United States, for that matter, mm-hmm. shooting people. I'm not going to um, do it, Jessica. I want you to know that I'm not going to take the easy joke. I'm not going to talk about the anarchists in the UK. Oh, now you have to do the joke because I don't know what you were going to say. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's a Sex Pistols, very famous song, Anarchy oh. in the UK. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I thought you were going to do a Sondheim joke about the assassins. <laughs> that is such a perfect example of the two of us. I'm going for the Sex Pistols joke. You're like, I thought you were going to do a Sondheim thing. I really, I really, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> So I anyway, I don't think this is about I don't think this is women women anarchists who were who were looking for the women's vote. I think mm-hmm. they were looking to destroy the monarchy, bring about more republican and was better distribution of wealth. Was there a monarchy? Yeah, they in had a Italy king. In... Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But this is a, one of these things where it kind of went back and forth. Also this area was part of the Duchy of Saxony or so, I I've got that wrong, but okay. No, it's totally not Saxony. There was, there was another. It starts with an S. Tune in next week for another installment of <laughs> Americans trying to remember European history. Yes. We've been your jackasses, Jacob and Jessica. Thanks for your patience. <laughs> so okay, so I think this is general government anarchy. <laughs> not not specific to a specific right or right know, just in just like uh, yeah power to the people kind of anarchy yeah and and distribution of wealth probably mm, I'm definitely I you notice the lace mm-hmm. I wonder if this woman who is dead was also an anarchist but she was like a secret anarchist even though she was like. She was like it, from the inside, trying to make changes from the inside, but oh, okay, helping yeah, yeah. out anarchists. You know, going to anarchist meetings, but 
you know, having her regular day as a daughter of right. some rich person. Right, right, right. In the aristocracy or something. And so she ends up dead. And this is going to be... Okay, I think there's also uh, maybe even a lesbian element here mm. where I mm-hmm. think maybe the one who was driving the the stagecoach or the coach or whatever we want to call it, she is actually... they. She was in love and she was hoping that they would be getting away to like have a happy life someplace else or mm. I think there is some sort of relationship there, you know, beyond politics. Okay. I feel like this is super lame and I don't want to redshirt the lesbians, a, a lesbian relationship, but this is what I've got. Oh, so dumb. She was somebody in the aristocracy. We're going to say that. I'm going to say that. And she... Uh, was trying to go to anarchist meetings to work from the inside. You know, she was she was the person on the inside, like, t- telling mm-hmm. everybody, like, yes, I agree. I, I want to change the world. I do want things to be different. I'm going to tell you about what's going on. I see a lot of unfairness in the in the 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 world around me and mm-hmm. my in my rich world. And also, I don't really want to marry a man and live this fake life. I think I might want something different in my life. And she falls in love with this woman who is very principled and has really good things to say and is very nice to her. And her parents, oh, because this is a thing that's going on right now, is this is transition this is a there's a transition in Italian society at this time i did read this of forced marriage oh and so her parents were going to force her to marry this man and the reason why i think this is actually kind of a dumb story to be the second episode of this show is because this was kind of the last episode where the ballet dancer had become affianced Mm -hmm. to a very rich man young man and then his father was pissed when she broke it off because she wanted right. to marry this crazy artist. So I don't think this is a good guess because they wouldn't do two marriage story marriage murders like right in a row. back yeah. to back. I would but, agree. Uh, it's all I've got. Okay. I think that her her the person she was supposed to marry got really upset and kicked the crap out of her and out in the garden and she was supposed to be somewhere else, probably blowing something up somewhere. And that's why she's all got all that dirt and smudgeness on her. Yeah, so, okay. So I'm going to, you, you are going down a line of here that I'm going, that I am really going to be basing mine on. Oh. So I want to jump okay. in with my stuff before you get there first. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going full Tom Wolf on this. So oh. Tom, one of Tom Wolf's famous essays was called Radical Chic. And it, was about a bombing in Greenwich Village in the late 60s and it because it was about the mixing of high society like New York high society and mm. Black Panthers and radical maybe not the Black Panthers but some other sort of like revolutionary element in New York in the 60s so it was a very great big time of foment and the cultural revolution and it was very chic for the upper crust people to be involved with mm. the downtrodden masses trying to uprise and so I'm going full Tom Wolf radical chic on this. I think that the woman who is dead is upper crust. I do believe that she is upper crust. 
I believe that she was kind of like playing holiday with the radicals mm. and the anarchists. And so the woman who was driving the carriage wasn't in love with her. It wasn't, but she was maybe like her, like her governess or some sort of like household servant who had become, oh. they had become friendly with. And yeah. she was like, you know what? I'm going to join the revolution. I want to join the anarchists. And she's like, no, you don't want to do this. You have a good life. You, like, no, you shouldn't be the, doing this. So she's trying to protect her, but she's also like the carriage driver was also a, like an anarchist. But the woman is like, no, I'm smart. You need my help. Let me help you. And so, yes, she was helping them make bombs. And so she was helping them make explosive devices and she was helping them and something some mistake happened and a bomb went off and she got caught in the explosion in the shrapnel. And so she died and the governess or whomever this servant is, is trying to get her away from there. So she doesn't get caught. And also because she loved this woman and she doesn't want to disappoint. She loved this woman like a daughter almost. And she wanted her to like not be associated with it and not like just and not get found out by like her parents or something like that. So she's trying to protect. She's trying to protect this woman who's dead. And that's why she's trying to run away. But this woman who's dead was just kind of like not play acting exactly with the anarchists, but just like tourism, like a little bit of like tourism in the in the anarchist world. Whereas the carriage driver was someone who has really died in the wool anarchist. That's my guess. That's what I'm going with on this. Tom okay. Wolf, if I get this wrong, it's on you. Okay. I <laughs> I really like that. I, I think that's such a so much that's wow. I really like that as especially as a second episode. Mm-hmm. As a contrast, because it's a it's another relationship, somebody trying to help somebody else out, somebody who's kind of a little misguided in their efforts. A little sheltered. Yeah, sheltered, going after things. Oh, I really like that guess. Now I have to, I feel so, uh, I feel so bland with my guess this week. <laughs> What's wrong with love? Everybody loves true love. I really like your guess. I'm going to try to come up with something else because I, yeah, I, I don't want to red shirt a gay relationship. Well, you know, honestly, you already have a point. So maybe you just <laughs> sit this one out. Like, I got my point, Jacob. Whatever happens from here on in, I'm good to go. Are you really giving me a whole point for I'm trying giving... to yes. <laughs> pronounce things yes. <laughs> in Italian? I'm... Yeah, 100%. Okay. I still want to guess, though. You're not. I'm not going to let you go that easy. I do still want to okay. guess. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to say it's a relationship thing and that the... And that they're trying, and that they now have have the burden of trying to prove, i.e., the burden of proof, um, <laughs> t- to put to pin it on the fiance. Okay. All right, you're going for the fiance. I'm going for the radical chic. And you're saying it's an accidental. Yes, I'm saying death. she was. I'm saying it's she not... was trying to build. I'm saying she was trying to like build bombs yeah. or something like that, and that something went off. Yeah. yeah. And that they're they're gonna have to prove that somehow. And something else interesting about this I, do you wanna make a a side bet? Sure. A Let's prop see, bet. Me. Sure, hit me. What you got? On well, what is the technology, quote unquote, that Lydia is going to want to use to prove Oh right. This? Yes, because, because she was trying to use fingerprints in the first episode. So yeah. like what new invention is she trying to do now? Yeah. And she's not like this is not like Murdoch Mysteries where she's, <laughs> she's inventing, inventing things. Everything. She is ac- yeah, she's actually using research that is coming about in other places. Right. 
Well, what are the big, like, I'm trying to remember back to my Sherlock Holmes and all my other, like, mysteries from this time period. Like, fingerprints was the big one. Recordings was another big one. Because record players and wax cassettes and everything else, those are brand new. But it might still be a little early for that. There's already electric light. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you have any suggestions? I would also love to remember any of the Sherlock Holmes things. I I can't even remember the plot of Hound of the Bastard. And I think I've seen and read that like well, it's really at easy. least that five one, times. <laughs> that that one's really easy. See, there's a ghost hound yeah. that haunts the Baskervilles, and turns out it's just a dog. That one's really easy. <laughs> I, n- no, yeah. So I think what it's going to be, and I have no proof of this, is that so when she falls out of the coach, when mm-hmm. she flops out. Yes, when they open the door and she calls Great yeah, word, yeah. flap. There's like a a dark circle on her shirt, on the neck, like the sort of the mock. Right, and I thought that was collar, dirt, but it's, on her that's shirt. what that's yeah, what's going for, like been, singe marks or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that big singe mark. And it kind of would be where a brooch would be. Yes, yes. Right there in the center or like a cameo. Back to the brooches. Yes, or a cameo, yeah, yeah. So I, and we have already mentioned the brooches, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what it's going to be. Similar to when Sherlock would notice that somebody's ring was missing. So I think that's there's a brooch that's supposed to be there and it is gone. And that is the key to the... I'm going to guess that it has something to do with a chemical reaction. Because oh, if, I'm yes. going, if I'm going with the bombs, I'm guessing there's some kind of chemical reaction like on her fingers or under her fingernails or something in her clothes that points to the fact that she was dealing with chemicals. That's what I'm going to guess. Well, see, that was kind of what I was thinking was happening with the jewelry, that that's how oh, okay. the brooch actually had a chemical reaction. OK, then we'll give the, you chemical reaction. The shirt. But I wasn't I didn't say that. You said it first. So I, maybe it's both. Maybe it is. Maybe will we get a half a point? <laughs> no half points. No, that's exactly it. There's no half points and no uh, what's it? No half points and no moral victories. That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to go in and find out if we get any kind of victory. Though, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Be back in a minute. Dun dun dun. Hello, investigators! It's March, and that means it's tournament time! Hey, watching American college basketball may not be your thing, but since you're here at Clue Dunnett Podcast, we think we've got a bracket tournament that is totally your thing. It's our first ever TV detective tournament. Here's how to play. You vote for this year's fan favorite detective in daily matches posted on Instagram stories for 24 hours each game, starting Thursday, March 16th through Monday, April 3rd. The tournament kicks off March 16th with a matchup between vintage 80s Inspector Morse versus totally now Charlie Kale from Poker Face, and it goes on from there. 15 games, a new game, new match, almost every single day. You decide who wins. Follow at Cluedunit Podcast on Instagram and vote in Instagram stories to whittle down 16 total TV detectives until there's only one survivor. I mean winner. Winner. I, I do mean winner. 
see the game schedule, matchups, and winners on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And remember to vote on Instagram stories. Make sure your favorites come out on top by telling your friends and family to join us on Instagram at Podcast and play the only bracket that matters, the 2023 TV Detective Tournament, March 16th through April 3rd. So... I just want to say we didn't do so good. We did well. We didn't do good in any of our bets on this one. <laughs> I mean, if we had, had half like points on this, we would <laughs> always be scoring. I do want to start with the fact, though, that I think well, a you're right. We got the arenas so so nailed down. Like we knew that there would be some kind of technology. Which yeah. we got now. I forget what we guessed. We guessed well, like, that was going to happen. There was yeah. no guess, it was not a guess whether or not, it was just which one, right? And which so, which one did did we choose? Do you remember? You said it was going to be a chemical reaction, and oh, that's right. That's and right. I said, I thought that that was going to be the case as oh, well. I was, there was a so wrong. I was so wrong about everything. You, you, you were so close. No, you, uh, I may give this to you. No, you, you I said didn't get were, it. But you said I, they were lesbian said, lovers. I did, but that's like half the... And they the... were. No, what What are you talking about? They were lesbian lovers. They, they were. Like, that's true. But she was protecting her. She was trying to protect herself from it. They, but she it was got... a red shirt story. Like, they were, they were lesbian lovers. She was trying to protect her. She, the woman had was running the factory... The chocolate so the, factory, the by the chocolate way. Chocolate factory. So again, we were so we were so dead on with everything about this. So let's let's take a step back here for a second okay. and tell you what happened. Okay. So the woman who was in the carriage who was murdered was the wife of the man who ran a chocolate factory. She was found stabbed to death in the carriage. They thought this woman did it. The woman was an anarchist. She was picking up anarchist leaflets. At first, they didn't know why she was murdered. They thought it was because she had been fired. But then eventually they come to realize that, yes, the anarchist whose carriage she was in was they were actually in love. They were a couple. The woman boss had like kind of infiltrated her way into the factory and was running the factory for the her husband and her stepson. Um who she was the basically the same age as she was, yes, the and same age as Stepson. He yeah. was kind of in love with her. Yep. It seems like. Yeah, but... but she but she took the she took on the role of the boss, married the boss, and then took on the role of the boss to run the factory, sent the anarchist to a different factory so that they could have their love in secret. The general manager of the factory found out. The general manager of the factory thought that the woman the woman boss who was killed was making too many deals with the anarchists and doing too being too kind to the workers and bleeding the family dry so he got angry and killed killed the woman by stabbing her and tried to pin it on the anarchist so i mean you're right you didn't really guess who the killer was did you guess who I, the killer was no no you i thought it was a that fiance was... that she was the daughter of some aristocracy that's right. and that's right i also thought she was I, I didn't not the way that you said like upper upper crust. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I mean, she certainly was. She was she was in the class that owned the factory, so she was certainly upper crust. Now, That's there, true. There were no merchant bombs, class, though. but she was not aristocratic. Yeah, and there were no bombs. Absolutely. No bombs at all. Which I was this was a, a knife bummed about. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you're right. This was a knife killing. She was stabbed to death by the foreman of the factory. 
neither of us got it right. We both yeah. got it wrong, even though we had lots of really good ideas. Yeah. And I would say, too, it was kind of weird the way the prop people showed us the body. I mean, not how how like the camera saw the body, but that all of her knife wounds were basically on her abdomen and they were just all kind of lined up, not like. You know, one in the shoulder, one was, in the It was like somebody heart, was like marking the, the dates out on a, on a yes, prison wall. <laughs> it was. It was really kind of disturbing in that way. I was like, that doesn't look like random angry person, you know, stabbing the heck out of her. And, you know, it didn't, again, it did not explain all the dirt on her clothes and the... You're right. It didn't really the explain thing all on the dirt on her shirt. On the where yeah. the cameo brooch would have been. Although we did see some more dragonfly. Okay. Okay, so I Jewelry. learned some things. Yeah. This is the, oh. I learned some things. So yes, so Please. she, so yes, there, she's got the dress where she wears either there. She has a beetle as a brooch. She has a dragonfly as a brooch. She has beetle earrings. She has dragonfly earrings. She's wearing these off she and has throughout the whole thing. Flies as earrings. She had flies as earrings. Flies I didn't get into, but the beetles and brooches. Are like, she also had some amazing hats. One of which, this is my favorite line of Jessica's as we were watching this. We're watching this and Jessica turns to me and she's like, her hat is a taco. She's wearing a taco on her head. Yes, that's what it was. She's wearing a taco on her head. Because the hats, they all, there are all these little like boats on, you, you mm-hmm. know the style. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're it's boats and then they're, them. yeah, and then they're decorated down the center or whatever and everything's kind of nestled into the boat and, but on the, and it kind of turns up on the edges and so that's where there was like a yellow wool felt and it was decorated in black it just looked like a taco on this going like hugging the top of her head it 100 (laughs) percent looked like a taco which (laughs) never mind we won't get into that with (laughs) we'll let listeners make all the sorts of connections that are happening but what i will say but what i will say is that apparently the beetle the beetle is means perseverance in the face of adversity and change. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, same for the dragonfly. And the dragonfly is change, transformation, adaptability, and self-realization. Oh. So, yes, they're spot-on character notes for Lydia. So, costumer, well done. Of course you know what you're doing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another thing about this episode... I would love to, of course, try the chocolate drink that we talked about yes. that's famous in I Turin. I need that chocolate drink. But the thing that this episode starts with, and I feel like maybe they're just trying to push us off in different directions. Like, mm-hmm. we think they're going to talk about a chocolate drink. But no, they're going to talk about a hangover remedy that is yes. disgusting. It was, it was and disgusting. then she's going to walk in the room and be like, what's this? And drink it. <laughs> what's this glug 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 glug, glug, glug before yes. anybody's like that's a disgusting hangover remedy maybe you don't want to drink maybe it maybe you don't want that <laughs> and, and they're but like well, maybe you could shows just that she's impulsive <laughs> yes and they're like maybe you could just not drink and he's like are you kidding no the world's too sad he's so emo yeah he is except when he's not except right <laughs> like because because i don't know that italians can be emo they, they're something they're just italian they're just they're just oh, dramatic. Okay. <laughs> Her other boyfriend, we didn't see much of him because he was under the sheets in the first episode. <laughs> we didn't see much. He was under the <laughs> or, sheets a lot in this episode too. Well, he, he was he was a lot more 
out of the sheets and he You're wasn't right. hanging on the side of a building as she was like, <laughs> you know, yes, here's your hat. Out. Forget me. <laughs> Find another lady. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, my goodness. Nice casting. <laughs> Who is this guy? Can he speak? Does he speak English? We <laughs> Let's get him work. <laughs> So who was he? Who uh, was that actor? Well, I could not find anything about him that I recognized. He has he has, you know, a decent sized resume, more than some of these actors, but nothing unfortunately that I recognized. Right. But, nothing yeah, nothing I mean, that anybody watch, would recognize. Watch just a bunch of <laughs> Watch a bunch of Italian Give us shows. Your You'll votes see you. on the hottie hottie. Another thing which I had never heard of and did not turn out to be the prop that I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because it sounded very much more Mr. Gadget and kind of, or yeah, isn't that the Inspector d- Gadget. Mr. Gadget? Inspector Gadget. It sounded much more Inspector Gadget than it turned out to be. Or maybe it was more so. It was more steampunk. Anyway, the volumetric The volumetric glove, glove yes. Which was basically a lie detector. It was exactly a lie detector that... Looked at your blood pressure. At your blood pressure? That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. 172. It, was, it, it Yeah. Do yeah. they have metric blood te- like <laughs> <laughs> blood pressure tests there? I mean, 172 is really high. It sounds Aren't super you, like, high. Aren't you dead at 172? Oh, my God. 150, this is, this is... 160, you're like out of breath. Well, you're out of breath, Jessica, because you don't like to run. But 170 is actually okay. I mean, it's super high. Don't get me wrong. It is high, but it's not like death. Well, that actress was not doing, was not giving 172. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that. She she was giving like 86. (laughs) As she was sitting there. (laughs) She She was not giving sprinting a marathon. She was giving perambulating through the park. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> as she was answering questions that she was trying to dance around, like, or you know, not get caught lying for yes. her they use, sexuality. That, yeah. Anyway, it t- turned out to not be a glove. It turned out to be like a little, like she put her hand in between some sort of thing that was like. It was a strap. There was like a strap, and then like one strap. of those like. And then, like, yeah, like little needles that would move up and down depending on the on the blood pressure. So, yeah, it was. It, yeah, it yeah. was. De- a, it was delightfully steampunk. I was. I loved it. It yes. was great. It was a good piece. Uh, oh, we got to go to an opium den. That we was did. very sexy. We, that was a very. We, we got to go to an opium den, which is where we found the son of the. What was it? Commandant? The chocolatier. The chocolatier. Oh, Commandantor. Commandantor, something like that. Anyways, yes, he was there. They were trying to do this whole thing that he was like somehow impotent or somehow like just not virile or sexy enough or just like commanding enough to run. The sun? The sun. Like, and he, he, like, there was, there was this under, like, not undertone. Everybody was talking about how he was supposed to be just impotent and like unable to, like, just not masculine enough, not manly enough to run the company which is why yeah the the, the general manager was did. hired in the first yes which is why the oh. wife did and the general manager was hired and why the general manager was like i had to kill her to protect the family like any son would have done if he was a real man so i don't know what was going maybe on there maybe he was There's... just an opium addict maybe he was and so that was considered you know a huge weakness uh if you were an addict uh, well it still is let's be honest you, you, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes you incapable of really doing anything. Well, except for going off with that sexy vava voom lady in the opium den that he went off with. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit of a moment. She walks up and all, we don't even see her head. And she just opens up her shirt like, hey, hey boobs. Here's, here's my boobs. And he, <laughs> he took more than a few minutes or seconds to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess so. Fine. <laughs> sure. Whatever. But maybe that is supposed to indicate that he's impotent. Maybe. Maybe he's only like half interested. I bet there's some kind of like Italian subtext or like some kind of Italian, like if we knew more about Italian media and like how, like what the male image is supposed to be in Italy, we would have read some subtext in that better. But. Oh, yeah. We weren't seeing what they were laying down. Yeah, exactly. Are there any actors uh, that you did find some cool things about? I mean, so. All of these actors have, you know, great shows. I don't know them and I don't necessarily understand them and haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a lot going on in Italy. Obviously, they have a whole television yeah. and film industry there. In fact, Turin is known as the center of film. Okay. <laughs> in in Italy. And so it's funny, but I think it's kind of like working in Canada where everybody's like, if you're an actor, then you're going to work on these 10 mm. shows that right, are just right, right. in town. Oh, my and God. Then... I so want to see the like Italian Hudson and Rex with like the dog who helps the, <laughs> who helps the Italian detective. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So this show, this show, Lydia, mm-hmm. is produced by a company called... I'm going to pronounce this wrong as you well. Got it your looks point. Go like for it. it looks like Greenlandia, but it's Greenlandia, and he's the <laughs> meet the lead producer there, and he's one of the directors, mm-hmm. I think, on this show. Yes, Matteo Rovere, the other director on the show, is Letizia Lamartine, Lamartier, I think, is mm-hmm. how you say her name. But anyway, Matteo um, also produced and wrote slash directed, I think, a show called Romulus for Greenlandia. And that had a couple seasons and a lot of people worked on that. And as you can imagine, it's the Romulus and Remus story. I was going to say, if if it's not about the founding of Rome, (laughs) somebody's getting fired. (laughs) Yeah. Mixing of both past and present social issues. Yep. No, 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 no. That's sorry. Sorry. That is not that show. That was another show. Apologies. A historical drama that centers around political tribunals in the 8th century B.C. and a TV series. No, sorry. (laughs) You were so close to being epic. 8th century B.C. and the TV show. I was just waiting for the sent back in time to document it all. (laughs) So, yeah, just best known for Romulus, political tribunals in the 8th century B.C. Okay. Period. And so, yeah, a lot of other people on the show have credits on that show. But character in the show, Andrea, or, mm-hmm. or Andrea, or Andrea, Andrea, Andreas? Anyway, the boyfriend yes. of Lydia Poet. He apparently went to Washington, D.C. for a little bit and then came back. We don't know why yet. Mm-hmm. And he heard of a woman named Belva. Yes. 
who was a lawyer, and he was like, you should go to the U.S. You could be free. You could be free. That's a big theme. Everyone says you could do says, just you what you wanted free. to do. You could be free, and you just like this woman, Belva. Yes. Yeah. And so you and I were both like, huh? Who is this person? Because <laughs> we're bad Americans, and we don't know our own feminists and our own glass ceiling breakers. And so just to say a little bit about her, he was talking about a real person, Belva yeah. Ann Lockwood. She was an American feminist and a lawyer who was the first woman admitted to practice law before the U.S. Supreme Court. And she was born in 1830, died in 1917. She attended country schools, then went to a country school. She graduated from a college, continued to teach. She got married. The guy died. She married somebody else and decided to go to law school after being turned down by a couple of different colleges. She finally got into National University Law School in 1871. So prior to our show start, which is yeah. 18, yeah. 1883. And she graduated in the same year, was admitted to District of Columbia, was not allowed to speak before the Supreme Court because of quote unquote custom. So she hmm. ran into some misogyny as well and offended but she was offended by the legal and economic discrimination against women in American society. She became one of the most effective advocates of women's rights of her time. Although her law practice dealt primarily with pension claims against the government, her work in Washington gave her the opportunity to lobby on behalf of legislation favorable to women. She drafted a bill for equal pay for equal work by women in government employment, and the bill was enacted into law in 1872. After being denied admission to the Supreme Court in 1876, she single-handedly lobbied enabling legislation through Congress and in March 1879 became the first woman to avail herself of the new law. She gained national prominence as a lecturer on women's rights and was active in the affairs of various suffragette organizations, suffrage organizations. So she could she could argue before the Supreme Court before she even had the right to vote. Yes. Isn't that? Yeah, that you're is, right. That is bonkers. She ran for presidency for the president in 1884 and 1888 on the ticket of the National Equal Rights Party, which is something that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. Andreas mentions. Andreas does mention that she ran for president. Yeah. So there you go. Belva and Lockwood. We all just learned something about our country <laughs> watching an Italian show. Well done. Well done, Italians. Which quoted Hamlet also. Yes. There's some random quotes in this. In this, There was less French swearing in this episode. Just a little more bit. More Hamlet quotes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And mention of chocolate. There was a whole prop table of chocolate. And I didn't there look was. close enough there to was. see if it was the chocolate that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But I think it probably was. That would make sense. I'll, I'll put it in Instagram. So you okay. can see. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah. So, hold on a second. So, all right then. I think I think we covered it. You get a point for uh, judicious use of an Italian accent done by an American. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and both of us struck out with what we did on this. That's, that's par for the course. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm. Writers got us again. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. We were close. We were always close, but we're never there. Yeah, I I thought for sure when we were going to watch the when we were watching the show, 
you would get to the point. I mean, it was going to be after the title sequence for sure. Mm-hmm. But you meet this character, and it's all. It seems like it's always this guy. It, yeah, you know, it's, it's always, it's always that quote person. unquote this guy. Like we met this, this. There's a press conference, so she's one of the conceits of how she's pretending to be a lawyer in this is that her brother is out of town. The family of the woman who's accused of murder comes to see him. She says, "We will gladly take on your case," but then she forges a letter from her brother that says that she can investigate this case. So she goes and investigates this case. And one of the things she does to investigate this case is she goes with Jacobo to a press conference that the factory is giving on behalf of the woman's death, because, of course, she was the wife of the commandantier. So she goes there and pretends to be a pretends to be a reporter also helping out Jacobo. But like literally, as soon as this guy shows up, you're like, oh, yeah, it's him. You're just like, oh, I don't, and I don't know what it was, but literally it's just yeah. like as soon as he walked, as soon as he spoke, I was like, yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's the same when you watch the first episode. Mm-hmm. You were like, I'm enjoying this, but it's that guy. Yeah, this is great, <laughs> but it's him. I, I don't know why. I don't know how, but yeah, it's that guy. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it is. You're just like the guy shows up and you're like, yeah, that's the guy. We should pause, see if there's like lighting or like. Is there some weird camera angle that just sets it off just right? And we're like, right. oh, yeah. There's got to be there's, there's gotta like be subconscious something. Yeah. something. Like, does he have a mustache and we just can't see <laughs> is he, it? Is he twirling a mustache somehow? I don't know. It's in between frames. It's all subconscious. <laughs> it's all subliminal. Mm-hmm. They put all the subliminals subliminal, exactly. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix is secretly sabotaging themselves by putting the subliminals about who did it in each of the episodes. If you watch Stranger Things backwards, you will see how it all ends. <laughs> That's not true. Barb lives. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's about it for Lydia. We, I agree. Yeah. We, we're maybe closing in on the ending of this episode, but we're definitely going to watch the rest of this season. It's a oh, fun sure. show. It is it a really gorgeous, is. fun, zippy little show. Like I yes. said. And it is sassy. The brother is sassy. They have, they have such a cutthroat relationship I they have a cutthroat relationship but it's a little it's like it's it is fun it's fun to watch them go back and forth and like watch the brother's wife just get all perturbed and upset about it all yes it's also fun yeah yeah exactly well i will not upset my wife you get to keep the point i gave you earlier on and we'll see you next time thank you we'll see you next time hey everybody Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out. And maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Clue Dunnett private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Dunnett private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon because watching watching TV TV is always always better better with friends. friends. Jessica. Jessica. 
The recording is in progress. <laughs> That's so creepy. <laughs> creepy or sexy? It's kind of Hannibal Lecter, but uh, but and now I know that <laughs> he doesn't eat people. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter totally eats people. Oh, right. That's right. What are you he talking about? People. Hannibal Lecter doesn't eat people. <laughs> now I know that Hannibal Lecter was just a misunderstood artist. No, he's 100% a cannibal. 